this out of the way. Okay, welcome everybody. My name is Kurt Zimmerman. I'm an alcoholic and we're glad uh, you're here. Just a few things to remember before we start. This is not an AA meeting. It is Paul H.'s reflections on the exact nature of the wrong as described on page 64 of the AA Big Book and the solution found in the 12 steps. Uh, also, please remember, this is not an all-share meeting. Rather, it's question and answers and um, Paul's H's take on the reading and, you know, whatever we talk about here. For details on Paul's events, his story under arrest books, those t-shirts and past event videos, check out the websites then, bitchslap.com. There's quite a few on YouTube too, you guys. Um, so to get things underway, I've selected a passage from uh, the big book to read. Then I'll hand it over to Paul. We'll talk about it for a while before we open the room up for questions. So Paul, I picked <clears throat> page 50, uh, middle of the page. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why they were making a heavy going of life. Leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them when many of hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Over to you, Paul. That's a good reading. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Kurt and Michael and Mickey and everyone else for the, the opportunity to be here. Uh, so basically what's the problem in some respects it's the preoccupation of the conscious of the consciousness of Paul <laughs> I'm very conscious of Paul and Paul's feelings and Paul's wantings and desires yes so that the consciousness of the presence of Paul is truly making me unconscious to the presence of that power. Yeah. 
the overemphasis on Paul makes that, that power underemphasized. Yeah, it's just because, I don't know if you ever heard the term duality, but duality in, in some spiritual circles is the description of what happens here. So firm in faith in something else is an act of denial of something else. Yeah. So firm in faith in something is an act of denial of something else. Yes. So obviously the duality of trusting the finite self or trusting the infinite. Yeah. So there's either one or the other, so to speak. There is an emerging of both. You can't serve two masters at the same time. All of that kind of stuff. So they represent a duality. So here there's consciousness or awakeness, you know, and it's demonstrated by no matter what you thought, your eyes opened, you saw shit. <laughs> yeah. No matter if you took a vow, you didn't want to ever hear another bird. If the if a bird was singing, you heard it today. Yeah. It doesn't seem like life waits for you to turn it on. It's on. And then you either catch up with it or not, so to speak. Yeah. So, so there's an awakeness. Now, what are we going to be awake to? Yeah. Are we going to be awake to the the psychological leanings and the narration of the head based on we as the center of the universe, the doer of all things, the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, all that? Or are we going to, is that volume going to go down in the listening to that? And then the emphasis or the volume of silence is going to be increased. Yeah. And now, instead of listening to that as the master, the selfing, you're now hearing the story of the master, but you're being directed by something else. Let's say the unsuspected inner resource, which is a way, one of the ways they describe it. Now, in a way, you want that unsuspected inner resource to be unsuspected to the self. You don't want the self to know about the unsuspected inner resource because then it's going to give it a name and it's going to co-opt it. And now you're going to be trying to get out of self as self. Yeah. Or you're going to, that which is playing God is going to play God around the idea of God. Yeah. So it's best it stays an unsuspected inner resource to the problem or to the parasitical movement, yet you'll be enriched by it. And the funny thing is, the story of self will continue, but instead of having the reliance on that, that back wall, there'll be a giant space and you'll be influenced by that. Yeah. While the self has no idea what's going on, <laughs> it's sort of great. So keep it unsuspecting to the head. Yeah. That something else has moved in. A new employer has been... <laughs> So just tell the old employer his office has been moved to the mailroom. Yeah. Put it, put all his certifications of, of supremacy and being the boss when it wields no power in your life. Yeah. Keep it, keep the inner resource unsuspected to the head. I, I humbly suggest that. So don't try to fucking know it. Yeah. Just sense it. Yeah. Don't try to describe the indescribable. Just feel it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say 
you know the exact diagram of the presence of God. You sense the presence of God. There's a feeling. It's a sense, a tactileness, whatever you want to call it, that will it start overriding the mental gyrations that we keep dancing to. Yeah. I mean, how many people are anxious right now and there's no apparent threat in the room they're in? It's just mind-boggling. I mean, yeah. And then we we talk as if it's fear when it isn't. It's mental anxiety. Fear is a valid emotion. I mean, yeah. Usually, if you're in an extreme situation that fear gets triggered, you're going to feel adrenaline. The adrenaline is going to be released, and the fight or the flight is going to sort of be occur to occur. We're sitting in a very nice, comfortable place you know, the head zapping us like with electrical shocks all day about mental stuff. And uh, the immunity isn't praying that it stops, is it the, the immunity to it is losing interest in it. Yeah. And how are you going to lose interest in all of this shit? The best way I feel is to lose interest in the center of it, which is called self-centered. Yeah. The system is self-centered. If you don't like a lot of the aspects or the effects of the system, and there's a want, there's a, a an earnestness about wanting it to change. Well, if you change the self, yeah, the system will change. Yeah, if you try to change the system as self, it reinforces the system. Yeah, so self gets reinforced by you trying to change all this shit. Yeah, self just gets invigorated. It becomes more of you. Don't you feel like it just changed wardrobes? You were out there with tattoos and leather jackets and fucking tight black jeans. And now you may be wearing yoga outfits, but it's the same fucking employers running the show. Yeah, the selfing is judging your yoga class just as much as it was judging, uh, you know, what what you were going on shooting coke it's the same fucking thing yeah of course obviously it's not as incredibly flamboyant and you're not like in that pitiful incomprehensible demoralization but the slavery continues you're enslaved to this bondage of self well, i find the best way to to shake that up obviously is to see it's not you yeah that's what it, that's how it worked with me I was going along, experiencing the revolutionary changes of recovery in the action figure. Must have been about seven years in, into it. And then I was reading page 64, that sentence, being convinced self-manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. And for the, for the first time, I truly got a sense, which was so, something gave it to me, really. Yeah, I didn't come up to it. A sense that self was foreign yeah it wasn't of me in other words as soon as the self was seen as foreign the possibility of being free from it became available yeah and then it told me what 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 was actually going on i've been trying to be free as self most of my adult life yeah through drugs through fucking travel through you know spirituality there's always been this drive, this addiction to seeking to try to change how I feel constantly. It was like incredible slavery in a way. 
and it found a lot of different uh, programs with different outfits and different ways and different ways of talking, but it was the, basically the same drive. I wanted to get out of me. Unfortunately, I was confined by as me. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get out of Paul as Paul, which is, we, is captured in recovery calling self can't get out of self. Yeah, so suddenly the back door opened, yeah? And while I was trying to freaking, you know, jack up the, the, the lock on the front door, the fat back door just opened and I just walked out. Yeah, I lost interest in that which was defeating me. And suddenly the defeat started to change. Yeah, I did. I just lost interest in it. Just like I would lose interest in a, in a conversation when I find out it's not about me. I'm just gonna, it's not like you gotta practice to lose interest. You'll just lose interest in it. Yeah. And so that which you're listening to, you'll you'll still hear it. It's playing, it's like a song in an elevator. Yeah. But this song tells you you're on floor two when you're on 38th floor. And you start realizing this thing, this narration is not capturing my life. <laughs> it, it it is in a way, it's neutering it, but it's not really giving me a blow-by-blow blow exact detail of what's happening. And I found this out in early on in recovery when I was working with others. Some of them I'd be moved to share with them about, why don't you just do a bare-bone inventory? Like, say, wait, write down when you woke up, and then you put on the coffee, you took a shower, yes, you went to work, whatever, yeah? And then compare that bare bone account of what you did to the narration you were listening to during the day. And it would be incredibly different. Like you, the narration is you're never doing anything, you're lazy, you're not blah, blah, blah. And yet you would pretty much, much engaged in doing a lot of stuff, yeah? So watching the video of Paul would completely dispute the narration of Paul. Unbelievably, like way off, like a, a loop from 1983 was being applied to what I was doing in 2012. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same old golden oldies in the background, the same old, you're never going to be enough. It's insane. How can we put up with it? Yeah. So this program to me, it's a diminishing of the mental obsession. And then when that when the mental obsession goes down, then something that was unsuspected starts being influential. Yeah. When the trust on the finite self starts migrating to trusting the infinite, your life changes. Just that simple. Yeah. The admittance that you can't make that happen is really the trigger. Yeah. When you finally admit that you're not managerial quality or however you're gonna frame it, that's when the ball really starts accelerating and gaining momentum. And I believe recovery progresses just like they say the, the, disease, the disease progresses, yes? It has momentum of its own. If you just get out of the way, yeah, it will keep on keeping on. So this is all from observation. I, the spiritual awakening is really a mental diminishing. You just mentally, 
the mental state stops getting all the attention and interest. And now the unsuspected inner resources become suspected, not to the fucking mental state, hopefully. Yeah, because if the mental state gets able, gets introduced to the unsuspected inner resource, it's going to claim it. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to fit it with concepts and it's going to, you're going to try to mimic what the spiritual condition is as a mental idea. So maybe your hair will grow longer, you'll wear looser clothes, you'll hopefully have a loving gaze, you'll speak in monotone, you'll be seemingly very accepting, but you're like a ticking time bomb ready to explode in any fucking minute. Yeah, it's just, it's, and then usually it leads to perverseness because you're so much shit, your sphincter is so tight with this conceptual idea, it's got to blow. It does. And sometimes it does it in public, but usually you try to hope that'll happen and you know, ah, whatever, you know, fucking punching a pillow or something. Yeah, it just, it doesn't work. It, all it does is mimic shit. It, all it does is try to make what it, it gets introduced to, how it would look through the self-centered lens. Yeah. Loving gaze doesn't mean shit, really, you know? Person who speaks slowly in a monotone, that's not a sign of spiritual advancement. It's like an appearance, yeah? The spiritual advancement is losing interest in self, not becoming a spiritual self. That's like fucking really... I had a chance to speak to a lot of spiritual groups over the years, other than AA. And I'll tell you, the spiritual, the mental state's addiction is thriving in spiritual circles. They're like, there's spiritual addiction. They're going to their 48th retreat. They're fucking doing the same thing they did for 20 years and nothing's happened. Yeah, of course they have a community and they're getting fed on some level, but the idea of they're not transcending self. Yeah, you can't transcend something that isn't actually there. It's an activity that the head is engaged with and has us as the audience. And it's attempting to present false evidence quite a lot to try to manufacture consent. It want, if you believe it, because why is it that your belief has all the power? It's not what you believe in. It's the belief in it that has the power. You are it. Yeah. You're the power here. And that power is being lent to this lower power. Yeah. And then it's beating the shit out of ourselves with our own power in a sense. Yeah. Who can make, what can make shit out of nothing? What? Does my dog? No. My dog does not make shit out of nothing. It rolls in shit if it can, but it doesn't, its head isn't making up shit all day. Yeah. I put, throw a ball every day. It's like fucking new for that dog. Yeah. We, we see four sunsets. We think we've seen them all. Oh, I, that's just like I've seen a sunset before. It's just unbelievable. We live in narration that dries up the, the zest of living. Yeah. Oh, I, I know this. I know that. You don't know shit. Your head thinks it knows shit. You're just an innocent, neutral observer. 
getting drawn into that or being drawn into this. Hopefully now we're being drawn into the, to the draft of the higher power, yeah? We've now moved into the gravitational field of the higher power, and then our life expresses that. And then we observe changes, or we're still stuck in the gravitational field of the lower power, yeah? The program of AA is admitting that we're sucked in that lower power of the gravity thing so that it's, we see it as not true. And then the program, perhaps the better way, moves us, moves what we really are, faith, belief, attention, and interest, to that. And we get sucked into that gravitational field, and we're hearing, like, hopefully very, very low, distant radio you know, telegrams from the old gravitational field. Yeah. It's telling you to turn left. You don't turn left for weeks. You know, you're going to get it. You don't get it for months. You know, better not. You do it and nothing fucking happens. The big foot out of the sky doesn't squish you. You know, you want it. No, it doesn't work. It's lost. It's, it's like the guy behind the curtain in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. When you didn't see the Wizard of Oz, the, the explosions had you really worried. Now you see the Wizard of Oz as a weak little thing. The, the same explosions don't. Yes? The explosions aren't doing it. It's what you think the explosions are about are doing it. Yeah? We talk here, you have mental anxiety, let's say, 20 years about something. If you ever find yourself in that experience, you probably had no fear in it. Like turning around in a car, waiting to see what you're gonna hit. It's probably an incredible, silent, spacious thing. All the fear was before the fucking event happened. Or mental anxiety, yes? When you're in it, you're not like that, yeah? You usually respond. You know, people run over and they're women and they lift the car off the baby. You know, it's just wild shit can happen. Yeah. But constantly going over what, what it would look like in the head's point of view just fucking gets us paralyzed. Yeah. So I don't think about this at all, except when I come here and I try to emphasize and paint it really stark. Yeah, I don't see self as a boogeyman. I see it as an activity called selfing, one of, one of many activities. But this activity says it's you, which is different than a lot of other the activities, yeah? So when I'm seeing thoughts, the activity of breathing and, and uh, digesting aren't saying you're the thinker. It's this one stream of activity that claims to be the doer of a lot of shit it has nothing to do with, yeah? So it, it can brew a lot of trouble, in a sense, yeah? Because it will talk to you as you, yeah, yeah? And it will tell you how you should feel from its point of view about you. Instead of you finding out how you feel, it will tell you how that you feels before you feel anything, yes? So now you're going to Hawaii and you're feeling excited, but your head says it's anxiety. 
<laughs> so now you're calling someone up saying, I'm in a lot of anxiety about going to Hawaii. No, you're probably excited. Yes, you're excited to go to Hawaii. What? Oh, yeah. It's insane. It's like getting hit and then waiting for someone to tell you you got hit. Yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? I don't know if I got hit or not. Oh, by the way, you got hit, Paul, earlier. That motherfucker was really fucking putting it to you. What? <laughs> yes, it's insane. But if you have no compass, you'll be led anywhere. If there's no compass in your life other than that GPS, you're bound to be listening to it. Yeah. We had one. It was an incredible little example. We were going to to a meeting in uh, late at night in a uh, rural area outside of Boston, yeah, near uh, uh, Walden Pond. Very nothing there, little country road. Suddenly there was this big commotion at this railroad uh, crossing, railroad track crossing. So they, we pulled over and a cop came by and we go, well, what's going on? He says, well, a lady was listening to her GPS. It had her turn right on the tracks, yeah? And there she, she must have been hearing and feeling the thing going, pum, 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 pum. She kept listening to it because it said, your destination is 200 yards. <laughs> it says she drove way down the tracks. Isn't that insane? She had so much faith in the thing yapping that it overrode her whole experience. Guess what? Welcome to the condition. And what, where is the power there? Faith, faith, faith. Go to page 52 and 53 and we agnostics. Faith has, wherever we are right now, faith had everything to do with it. Yeah. And this is from the big book, but we're not adding this onto it. It says right here, without, without knowing it, the bottom of page 53, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. That means anytime you've ever been brought to wherever you've stood, he's saying a certain kind of faith brought you there. What is that faith? The unsuspected inner resource. Yeah. For did we not, this is the dilemma, because faith is incredibly powerful, and it's going to manifest by the vehicle it's put in. And now he talks about the vehicle the faith has been put in. Did we not believe in our own reasoning, which is not our own reasoning? Yes? If it is, you sure don't have it. You listen to it quite a lot. Something is broadcasting the reason you think is yours. If it was yours, why would it have to be broadcasted? If you knew where you were going, why would you need to listen to a GPS in your head to tell you where you're going? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? Wow. What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, definitely. A big, big sort of faith. Yes, we had been faithful abjectly. Now, this is where a lot of addicts and alcoholics find themselves. 
They're, they've been in a condition of being abjectly faithful to the God of reason. And that God of reason has been playing God through its reason. Yeah. Presenting its reason, its take on this life instead of having our own take and living it. So our take has been replaced by a narrative that we're relying on. You can call it self. And this is what has defeated us, is going to defeat us. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason, trusting the finite self. Yes? So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. All the time would include now. So he's getting, whoever is writing this is getting to the, the bottom of it, really. That faith is really the influential aspect in every moment we're ever in. Yeah? Isn't that incredible? And if that faith is put in finite self, we got what we got. And it seems to be similar to everyone else who has this little unique little aspect of self-centeredness called addiction. Yeah. Faith, faith all the time is the greatest influence. Yeah. So here's the unsuspected inner resource. I want to keep it unsuspected to the head. <laughs> Most definitely. Yes. <laughs> I do not want the head to find out its location, which is right where it is at all times with no requirement to meet it. We want to keep that a secret to the head. So, so the head will go on acting as if it is that which is playing God, but now you won't be in on it in a sense. You, you have lost interest in it. Hallelujah. So that thing that was having a huge effect in the, in the drama of your life will be now in like a little Zoom square. Yeah, the drama will continue, but it's not that water ain't spilling over the tub as much. Yeah, your life looks a lot different than the narration your head would like to to apply to it. Yes, yes, beautiful. And to a point, it can get to where all those serious news flashes become comedic skits. Yeah, because the head does it; just keeps on keeping on. It never really. Uh, Trans, it never really fits itself around circumstances. It's constantly trying to fit all the circumstances around its narration. Yeah. And this is what they say in AA. We've got us learn to fit ourselves around circumstances. Like, what is that? Being here now, so to speak, instead of trying to fit circumstances around this. They call it us, but it's not us. Yeah. So the head wants to override what's actually happening because it has a rigid view. Yeah. A view that's not in the seeing. It's in the thinking. It's in the remembering. It's in the projecting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe, you know, you put on those glasses and then you forgot they were glasses. And now 
no matter how crazy it is, you never really feel around. You think they're your eyes. So what are you going to do? Yeah, let me drink. I got to can't handle this. I'm going to deny this shit. I'm going to put off the elephant that room as long as possible. I'm going to blame it on everyone because there's no way out. It's a seemingly, it's actually a hopeless state of mind and body. It's not seemingly, it's hopeless. But what happens if a new pair of glasses are offered? When you put them on, you'll realize they hit something else, an old pair of glasses. <laughs> There's a little clink and you're, what? The day of revelation has occurred. I've been wearing glasses this whole fucking time. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now I, all right, I'm afraid of taking them off. So I'll put these on, the second one, do a little correction, but but. Wearing the second one over the first one is, is going to lead to not wearing any glasses at all. That's the beauty of it. Because the second one is going to negate the first one, and then you're going to be led by yeah, the true eye, so to speak. Let's call it awareness of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the old glasses are fun to put on because it's funny the way you used to see things. And then you can share it in your share, you know, when you tell your life story. What an insane fucking, <laughs> how could you have, I can't believe you lived through that. Yes, I made it through the gauntlet of, of poor decisions and false evidence and everything. Yes. So now I like those glasses as a sort of comedy skit, but not, not as, you know, how I see everything. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Check out that 5253. It's really incredible. That faith had everything to do with, has been involved all the time. We, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. So faith is like neutral. Yeah. If you put it into some shit factory, it's going to make a lot of shit products. If that faith is put into a factory that makes compassion, empathy, enjoying peace of mind, it's going to do that, yeah? But faith is basically the force of whatever that factory is going to manufacture. Faith, yeah? Like it or not, you represent the activity of it here. You do. As Jesus says, it's done according to your faith. As you believe, so it is, yeah? Whatever can be conceived can be achieved. This is all mental shit. Yes, but fueled with power, faith. Wouldn't you, knowing that unsuspected inner resource and knowing your inability to manage fucking any little bit of power, it just makes total sense to surrender over to the care. Hey, here, take all of me. Yeah, and do with thee as you will. Yeah. I'm happy for the I'm happy for the opportunity to give this power over to some uh, smarter hands, so to speak. Yes, and then you reap the re reward because the changes are going to come through you. Yes, I can't believe it. Really, I I feel like there's been a living of like five distinctly different lives in this life. <laughs> And this is a nice sort of, I'm just rolling down the slope of time right now. <laughs> Without a care in the world.
I'm on top of the world, Ma. It was an old James Cagney movie. It was great. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope something gets through. I do. That was great. <laughs> I just do. I hope something gets through. A new way of seeing the same old, same old. Yeah. yeah. Because the same old, same old is going to be the same old, same old. Yeah. You try to change it, haven't you? Fucking, you go to that church, that doesn't work. You go to another church, you're a Buddhist, that doesn't work. You become, you know, fucking uh, anarchist, whatever. It just does, you know, it's just the same old, same old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thank you, everyone. And, and take over, Kurt, jump in. Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. That was great. Um, so listen, any hands, just raise your hand or, uh, I can see you in the chat. Let's see if you put your hand up, if I miss you on the little zoom square, I don't see any hands. Just not be shy. Don't listen to that voice in your head. <laughs> there we go. We got Carolyn. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Paul. I have a question for you. Do Does somebody have to believe in God for this message to work in their lives? No. Can you talk about that a little? Well, I thought I just did. No, but yeah. No, uh, you did. You, you did. <laughs> but talk about it. Uh... Well, this is the idea that they try to make it a, a big opening with the we agnostics. So they came up with a great idea to sort of, you know, uh, cool the, the, the fucking mental forehead of the people by saying, hey, the higher power can be of your own understanding. Yeah. So however you want to picture it, instead of, you know, having to follow a picture of uh, of a higher power from something that you have problems with like an organized religion and stuff. Let's keep it just anonymous, so to speak, you know, a higher power of your own understanding. So let me just tell you what happened with me. So the idea of God was never that, was just ideas, yes? But I like the direction it, it, it pointed to, which was out of me. So I was into that for a long time. So I get into AA and I'm doing what we do. And then I realized that uh, turning one's will and life over to the care of a higher power of your own understanding, uh, I quickly was led to a different view, which is turning your will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. Therefore, I don't have an understanding of the higher power. I have intimate reactions to it uh a lot of other things but i don't have a, a like a policeman's composite drawing of the suspect yeah i don't have i don't have like a you know a peg that you hang your hat on idea of this power i just feel it a lot I feel something other than me going on so 
I like the idea of having a higher power of its own understanding because it makes it quite revelatory. And uh, I mean, why would I want to uh, <laughs> fit that into my my uh, pants, so to speak? Yes. Why would I want to have it fit with the way I can think of it? I, the thinking of shit is what's is part of the problem. So, yeah. So I just have a vague, giant, living, neon, illuminated question mark <laughs> hovering over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my thing. I've never had a big deal with it. I know people do, and I can sympathize. But, uh, you know, when I came in AA, I was dying of thirst. You know, I needed some water. I didn't care if the person, what color jacket the person was wearing who brought me the water. I just wanted the water. Yeah. <laughs> so I had no, whatever ideas didn't matter. I needed relief. And uh, this relief has come. And my gratitude and appreciation isn't directed at an idea. It's more of like a, uh, a diffused attitude of gratitude. Yes, I'm not directing it at some picture of a person who saved my ass. It's more of like a, a scent or a perfume goes off. Yeah, yeah. I hope that helped you. Do you do you do you pray? Uh, no, not often. But I did pray. Well, first of all, I never prayed really obviously, but I did do a lot of prayers in the beginning and they worked. And so when prayers work, they lead you not to pray so much. Yeah. So I was afraid that which I needed wasn't going to arrive. So I used to pray for all this help and stuff because I was listening or I had faith in the old system. Now I, I pretty much, uh, thy will is done not thy will, thy will will be done like a future, thy will is done now. So, yeah. But if I had a prayer, it would be um, the third, I like the sixth and seventh. That's sort of like a prayer to me. Yeah. I'm entirely ready to have this, whatever I'm noticing, config, reconfigured, and I ask that power to do it. That's a prayer I, I do use. Yeah, if you want to call it that. The prayer of six and seven. Have all of me, good and bad, whatever. Yeah. But that's more of a living. It's almost as if you dance it. You don't say it. You dance it out. Yeah? It's like a prayer you dance out. It's something different than saying it. Yeah. But I prayed a lot in the beginning because I really love the serenity prayer because I was ready to blow at any second. <laughs> so I needed a lot of release valves during the day. Yeah. Cause I was combustible. <laughs> I was ready to fucking flame on. And so prayer was incredibly uh, helpful, but I believe a lot of stuff. The greatest thing about skillful means is when you don't need them. Yeah. That's what I love. So. Yeah, I love spiritual tools and I love them when you don't need to use them. That to me is the best relationship to a spiritual tool is not needing to use them anymore. Yeah. 
but when you need them, it's nice to have them. Yeah. So based on where you find yourself, I'm not in a stagnant above the fray condition. I'm just traveling lighter. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm traveling lighter and part of that traveling lighter, I don't need to have so many skillful means with me to, to sort of, uh, you know, vent the, the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the, this is actually the way it goes when the spiritual condition progresses in this way of life of called sobriety. There's a lot more relaxed awareness and the immediacy of peace of mind. There's not much, you're not going on like three day treks to get to a condition. They're readily available. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can take a breath and then everything can change. Stop, pause, everything can change. Yeah. The heavy lifting, I think, is pretty much over. And yeah. Yeah. So, but it's important when you when your house is on fire and you're burning up, what you need is a pail of water. You don't need a philosophy that says there's no house and there's no fire. Yeah, it's not gonna work. So just get the pail of water. But I'm telling you. After you put out a lot, a lot of fires and you see who was the real fire starter and then you see that fire starter isn't you, you're not going to need that many pails of water anymore. Because now it's like lighting a match in the closet. It's not burning down your fucking village anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not out there raping and pillaging anymore. It's sort of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's got the box of matches, but it's only lighting them in the closet. It can't, it's, it's desire to be an arsonist has been, uh, has been severely altered. Yeah. <laughs> and while it's, while it's that way, enjoy away. Yeah. I have no anxiety about my condition changing while I'm in the condition. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm not listening to the head saying, this is going to change. I'm just fucking, yeah. <laughs> this is what's happening. I'm here. Yeah. This is what's not happening. I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the other way around before. I was here. Yeah thinking what was here was unbearable. But I was actually, what was unbearable was a mental here that was covering up the here that is the point of salvation. That whole thing has switched. That's the beauty of it, yeah? My first response is to here, and then I hear the mental re reaction, which is not here. <laughs> Instead of completely being uh, like paralyzed to the here and waiting for the mental here to tell me what was going on. Yeah, completely shifted. And it's established now. It's not like in a week going back and forth, it's established. And it says this in the book, you sincerely take these positions like being defeated and turning your will and life over to the care of a higher power. And then you'll be established in those conditions. Yeah, that definitely happens, yeah.
So that moving stops and you're just going in a new direction. It's not like old direction, new direction. It's like the old direction and then a new direction. And then the momentum uh, is new direction. Yeah. Yeah. Recovery progresses. It does. It progresses powerfully. And that things that seem to be tenuous at best, you know, a spiritual condition because you did yoga for three hours and held your breath and fucking took a Wim Hof bath and whatever and shit. Yeah. And then you felt that little bit. It gets a lot easier and, and you feel pretty chilled without having to be chilled. Yeah. 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 But if I had to be chilled, I'd do something. But I can respond that I don't have to be chilled because I'm chilled. I can respond to that. There's not much mistranslation. <laughs> I'm not getting a thousand different takes on the condition. Yeah, there's an obviousness. I'm here and there. That's where this is all I am. I'm here completely. Yeah. Yeah. And what's beautiful because it's I'm here. <laughs> it's good to be here. Because I am here, yeah? Instead of here, but not here, because I am there. I'm much, 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 much an advocate of responding to here as here. <laughs> it's kind of really, really, it's like a soothing uh, bomb, like B-A-L-M, to that agitatedness, yeah? You never see those videos where they have those poor dogs that have been abandoned and they're looking like fucking a skeleton. And then five months later, they've completely redogged themselves. All they needed was a change of condition and shit. The dogness hadn't really gone anywhere. It's just the conditions overwhelmed it. If you could get them out of those old conditions and put them in new conditions, the dog's got a great coat now. It's fucking going crazy. Yeah, and it didn't take years and years. It was like three months, four months. Yeah, I mean, seriously. And all it was, it was the same dog, but it was in one condition. And now it's been moved out of that and put into another condition that's more beneficial for a, like a, a well-lived dogness instead of a fucking, you know, being enslaved to mental shit all day. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that what happened with us? Most of the biggest condition we were in, which is tricky, was a mental one. Yeah. So the obvious ones of physical bad location, you're living on the streets. Yeah. Changing them. But if the mental condition doesn't change, you're probably going to end up your, your nicer house. You're going to still have the same behavior as if you were in the streets. Yeah. So I find there's much more value in changing the mental conditions than actually changing the physical conditions, unless they're really fucking, you know, extreme. That works great. But I mean, uh, what's going to give you more joy in life is release from the mental activity, tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's my feeling. Actually, that's my... Uh, experience with it yeah I used to always marvel when I'd be somewhere 
and I'd see a monk, yes, like I used to go do Tai Chi in the park with these people. And I there would be a Buddhist monk guy, because he had a robe and stuff, and he would walk this small little area like a like a trek across the country. And everything was al- it seemed like he was alive every night doing the same thing. That's sort of to me is freedom. Yeah. Freedom is he was doing something he's done hundreds of times, but it was new every time because he was fucking new. His attitude was fresh, not he didn't have to go, oh, I've done that trail, go this trail, which are fine. He got as much as you could get out of this little place because of what he was available to. Yeah, I love it. I was, you know. I, I, it makes complete sense about people living in a monastery for 50 years and just being, because they're seeing the beauty is being projected from them onto everything. They don't have to keep changing the thing and finding new beauty. They find beauty wherever they are. Yeah. That to me is freedom. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, life here. I have a pretty flush life. I do. I have a place, my dog, cat, which I didn't want either of them. I got, I got a lovely girlfriend who wanted the dog and cat. <laughs> and and here we are. And, uh, you know, the, the greatest is the, the ability to appreciate Yeah, what's available. It says, basically when it says you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind, obviously peace of mind is readily available. There's an aspect in us that is peace of mind. It's here, yeah? But now we have the ability to enjoy the peace of mind, yeah? So the program has affected us sufficiently enough where we can now enjoy peace of mind we sense that presence. We feel the new power flowing in. Our, our, in, a, in a way, our unsuspected senses have been revitalized, yeah? So now we sense the presence. We feel power coming in, yeah? Those senses have been revitalized. It's, it's as if, if not only the eyes, but let's say you are bereft of sense experience and then your sense of touch was given back, yeah? And your sense of hearing was giving back. What a fucking rush of a world would enter. Yeah. Well, these other senses, the sense of power flowing in, the sense of presence, that you're a peace of mind. These are fucking qualities that are readily available. Yeah. <coughs> and you, just like that dog could be renewed, those senses aren't gone. We all have them. Yeah. Things may have to occur to diminish the overemphasis of the mental so that these other emphasis, these other senses can be emphasized. Yeah. I feel a presence all the time. Before, all I heard was the fucking head. Yeah. I the only time I sense new power flowing is when I shot Coke, truly. It was a mimicking of feeling new power flow in. I shot Coke and I felt power flow in. Incredible rush. Yeah. 
but there's nothing like feeling this uh, this uh, this power flowing through this is like fucking you know non-filtered organic fucking high mountain stream water <laughs> yeah yeah it's like yeah it's come now the highest rush i ever got on a drug doesn't have the subtlety and the finest the 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 finest of one note of this yeah can't even get close to it and this is of us yeah the cocaine was of a plant this is of us so just stay in if you're if you're fucked and you can't stop drinking or using or keep you can't seemingly keep trying to escape then fucking admit that to yourself and put yourself into this program for a day and just do what we do and then if you can't trust your own judging of how things are going have someone else you can talk to because they'll probably see the change in you before you do because the parasite doesn't want you to see that you're growing of course it doesn't because it means you can grow out of it and it doesn't want that to happen so you have someone else tell you hey bro you're looking much better yeah wow you are and let that evidence stick in and just show up. If this is just a parlor game, if everything is fine and that is oh, great. But for some of us, it's truly life and death, really. Yeah. If you go back out, it won't be a life worth living. It won't. I've seen it happen tons of times. People going out after 20 years and seeing uh Oh, being raked across the coals for eight more years until they took their own life. Yeah, and I, this person was close to me. She was my first fairy princess in AA. I had six months, she had three months. She helped a lot of women, wrote books on codependency, went back out at 20 years sober, could never get it again. It, she couldn't get established in that condition again. She was established in this condition and eight years of fucking hell where to, to the, it brought everyone to a point that when I went to see her, you know, memorial, her parents and her sisters were happy it was over. They were happy for her that it was fucking over. Now that's incredible for a parent to say that about their child. Yes. You want to fucking play with that? Especially if you that its overarching power has been diminished. You're sober right now. Man, it's like living with the most perfect crystal. Just be careful with it. Yeah. It's solid as all hell, but it needs a little care. And to me, the greatest part where you arrive at is when your care is honoring it. That to me is the state I love. You're honoring it. You're honoring it by, by feeling the new power flow in, by sensing the conscious of the becoming, sensing that presence by all of those. Uh, those are real prayers, man. They're prayers to the, you're, because you're actively feeling the activity of that which you used to pray to. You're feeling its activity in your life. And it produces a lot of honor and or A-W-E. Yeah. And that gets lent to how you see things, little bugs, big things, 
you know. I mean, every tree has thousands of leaves. Every fucking tree around here. And I and this is the sixth year we lived here. And this is the sixth year I've seen this show where winter, everything, and now then everything I'm looking out of all these big windows are now full with green. It's awesome. So there's a quick thing and then there's a slow, it's like playing it slow, like seasonal, and it's incredible. And then the mockingbird shows up and it starts singing. It's, it's fucking, it's got a giant playlist. And then it's just the whole thing goes, beautiful, beautiful. It's beautiful to be here for it and to recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the greatest stuff you can't, commoditize you can't put a number it and have a count an account for it like a an account book yeah you can't you can't you know compare it to something else that has value it's just beautiful and it comes and goes yeah isn't it mostly the beauty of life comes and goes that's part of the beauty of it really yeah yeah so like we've had very successful year here. Somebody, you know, you buy those orchids and they only bloom once. We've gotten two blooms out of a lot of orchids we bought <laughs> at Trader Joe's. That's unbelievable. <laughs> they, 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 I mean, talk about a good investment. We bought it for eight bucks. It's, it's had two performances, two performances. They last for months, and then it had another one that lasts for months. Incredible. This little freaking orchid that we bought in a second at Trader Joe's has brought a lot of uh, visual joy to us. Yeah. Yeah. And all this is rooted in... Uh, I got struck sober. So I did not get sober in AA. I stayed sober in AA. I got struck sober by life and I stayed sober and I'm staying sober in, in the program of AA. Yeah. Now the house I live in are the principles, so to speak. I'm, I live as an action figure based on most of the principles I was brought to by AA, which many of them are very old principles. Yeah, but what gave them life to me was recovery. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty sound. They're a good orderly direction. It's been 35 years now, and uh, I can't imagine. This is what you'd really love to be able to communicate to a newcomer, but you can't because the only way they can know your condition is from their condition, so they don't get it, really. They don't get what it could be like yet, but there is, there's a, they may be severely, they do get their fucked, hopefully, and they're going to find this great joy of discovery as many of us have. Yeah. Which you can't write, a, you can't capture it. It's, it's a living quality. Yeah. I can't tell you what it was like, but it's been an influence in what it's been like all the time. Yeah. So. So it compels you. I'm on a, I want to see people travel lighter, basically. I think there's a lot of excess suffering, huge amount. And life can bring about enough pain. I don't, to pile on it just is way too abusive to me. 
I want to see people travel lighter. I'm not think everyone's going to get the parking space they're looking for or never get ill. No. Whatever life has in store for you, your response could be traveling lighter to it. You can, you know? Maybe you can pray away what you're afraid of ever happening. Who knows? But I do know whatever is going to happen, you can travel lighter through it. Yeah. This excess of suffering is just way overboard, in my view, just way too much. And it's usually generated by self-centeredness. It really is. That's why in the other groups we do, we try to talk, you know, point out service because a lot of times their whole thing is in the head and they're trying to think themselves out of not being the thinker it would be much better for them to feel better right now by doing service to us with a stranger. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Sorry. I took up a lot. I'm just, uh, Oh yeah. You ever been in the water? It's like being in the water the whole time. Yeah. Sometimes you have a big wave, but the whole, you're always in this, there's something moving you all the time. And so you're feeling like you're, it's awesome feeling a lot of ways. Yeah. You never get out of the water, so to speak. Yeah. So, and I have a, so happy that people from here, David and Kurt and Terry and Michael and, Mickey, all these people allow this platform to continue, which is great. I mean, I'd probably, you know, I would have been all right, but uh, this really keeps me out of the insane asylum. It's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, the funny thing is, is with mental suffering, you'll almost fight for your life to defend it. Yeah. Almost as if there's a, there's become an identity with it that seems to be so valuable to you. You're willing to put up with all this shit. And, uh, it's almost like a contagion suffering gets shared the mental version and then it spreads yeah people call you up and tell them about your suffering and then you get to respond about you, that your suffering their suffering yeah and it's almost as if uh it gets to be like a familiar condition that we swear we do anything to get out of it but we don't want to get out of it yeah and just admit that to yourself, if that's the case. There's nothing wrong with it. If you want it, be that way, be that way. But then try not to infect so many others if you can. Yeah. I don't want to show, oh, here's my suffering. Let me see yours. And then it's like, who has the biggest fish? It's like the old days in Narcotics Anonymous. 
the stories, you know, there was a lot of romanticizing of the big, shut up for this and that. It was like, okay, let me get a bigger fish out. And I did it for this time. It's, it's unbelievable. I drank more than what I spilled more alcohol than you ever drank, whatever. It's so great. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care. If you've been brought down to your knees, fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Admit that you're fucked and uh, see what comes in. You're going to get some clear radio signals. You are. That unsuspected inner resource has a huge bandwidth. It, it can get through a lot of the propaganda. Just to admit what you know that you don't want to know. If you're fucked and you don't want to know that, just admit it. Yeah. It's been salvation for me. You can't save your ass, you know, if you're trying to save your face. And if you think your face is your ass, you need like an anatomy class. Yeah. What you're trying to save, let it, you know, is not your ass. It's your face usually. Yeah. So these things are simple. I mean, someone can do a stick figure diagram. <laughs> There's your face near your ass. You've got them mixed up and let's get clear. Okay, that's not like rocket science. Yeah, so, all right, thanks. Hey, you want anyone else or we'll just go away? Eh? Sorry, right. I took up most of the time today. Yeah, Giselle had her hand up. Let's see, she's still- All right, on. Giselle. Let's see, let's see. Thanks, Carolyn. Giselle, there she I didn't is. recognize Carolyn because she has her hair up today. Then I I saw it through the yeah, there it is. Yeah. She had me fooled for a second, but now I know. All right. Okay. Giselle's not answering. Well, listen, we're 20, 20 to 12. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I uh I don't know about you, but I feel good about <laughs> uh, all right so we got dana there she is dana kurt z as always thanks you kurt also as things going better with the body much better much better oh great fantastic carrie as always nice to see you she, he's at the he's at the navel of the universe the belly button it's right there, right above your head. <laughs> Kathy in Cleveland. Ah, she looks like she's outside today. I didn't know. No, you're not. Oh, I didn't recognize you. Mickey, as always, the matriarch of Madeira. Tom is now in Denver. Nice to see you, Tom. Chris T. Nice to see you, Chris. Esther, as always, a pleasure. Oh, yeah, we have a meeting today at 4.30 oh, Pacific time. And you can come in through any Zoom. It's the same Zoom, no password. It's more on, a, it's on another topic, but it'll probably go the same direction. Uh, Sally, nice to see you, Sally. Uh, smiling, that's good. Very good. Yeah. Joseph C., my main man in France. There he is. Nice to see you, Joseph. Jessica, 
Yes, Northwest England areas. Nice to see you. You're getting more specific. Northwest longitude, latitude. Yeah, Carolyn. Yeah, nice. Thanks for your share, Carolyn. In question, Chris, as always. And by the way, we're going to be in back east on starting on June 11th to the 18th. Go to Zen Bitch Slap. There's a schedule there. And I'm going to be in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, going to go to Great Barrington just to have some fun there. All right, Dylan. Nice to see him. There he is. Nice to see you, Dylan. Jay, as always. The music going well, Jay? Always, man. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Good. <laughs> Roman? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Here's Alex and Jacob driving. All right. What the hell? In the backseat of something? Oh, all right. I'll be seeing those two lovely people in Hudson when I'm there. Yeah. yeah. Trying to make a flyer, Paul. I'll make a flyer for it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. If it's just us, it's fine. Yeah. Michael Stacy. Michael, I hope you're going to be there later on. If not, just text me so I can uh, get over it and and trudge on. Greg, Minneapolis, hope you're feeling good today, too, physically-wise. Yeah, great. Al Vegas, there he is. Uh, let's see. Jeff P. down Southern Cal, Jeff Penn. Oliver. We got Roman. Yeah, Oliver and Roman, uh, yes, Germans. Uh, let me see. And we're going to see, I can't wait to see Roman and Barbara in Sicily. That's going to be, it's going to be like that movie, White Lotus, that show. Remember? But we're, it, we're the both, the two years are both in Sicily, in Italy. <laughs> we're going to do White Lotus season two. <laughs> All right, Joran from Sweden. Nice to see you, my friend. Thanks for calling me today. Uh, I had a 80 pound dog. Uh, yeah, she's sleeping now. She's fun. Okay, let me go to page two. Oh, we got Kim, Kim N. Oh, nice to see Kim again. Ah, yes, very nice. Just let's see, let's see, Brian in Minnesota. Oh, good, you're sticking with it, brother. That's good. Mika, that's cool. We got Jimmy R. He's uh, making sure we're on the straight and narrow. It's very good. Christine in Kona, grateful Dave somewhere. Annette, uh, Cassandra Bennett. Did I get it close? That's right, Paul. Thank you. Oh, good, good. That's cool. Uh, hey, listen, thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, letting me spout off, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paul. Yes. Uh, see you. See you. Thanks, Paul. Bye.